Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. We are learning about the importance of sound teaching. Sound teaching was important to Paul and Titus years ago. Sound teaching is important to you and me today. Paul wrote in Titus chapter 2 and verse 1, but you are to proclaim things that are consistent with sound teaching. But you, Titus and the elders in Crete and Bible teachers, pastors, elders today are to proclaim, preach and teach things, words and actions that are consistent with, that are fitting, that are appropriate, that follow an agreement with sound teaching. Sound teaching is teaching the truth of God's word. Sound teaching helps us to grow into maturity in Christ Jesus. Sound teaching leads to sound living. God wants us to know and show the truth of his word in and through our lives. Our walk, our words, and our works should be consistent with God's word. And so we see once again as we come into chapter 2, and starting with verse 2, Paul gave us some more detail about how sound teaching blesses the local church and how sound teaching spreads through the local church. And so we're going to look again at this all-important doctrine, this all-important practice of sound teaching. Let me just hit real quickly three points from Paul in this passage that will help to remind us of where we're going and help to keep us on track with the truth that Paul is sharing with us. The first point is we must live godly lives. I must live a godly life. You must live a godly life. We must help each other to live godly lives by God's power at work in us. We're to seek to grow in godliness. We are to live and to preach and teach in such a way that it points others to Jesus, not draws others away from Jesus. As Paul shared with us, and we'll get to it in a week or two, as he shared, we're to live our lives in such a way that God's word is not slandered by those outside the church. Paul's point that he's sharing with us here, one of his many points, is as followers of Jesus, we are witnesses for Jesus. People are looking at us and listening to us every day. They want to know, does Jesus Christ really make a difference in our lives? They're watching and they're listening to find out if Jesus really makes a difference in our lives. And King Jesus shines through us and we're able to show that difference he makes in us as we humbly surrender ourselves to God each day. As we walk in his power, not ours. As we walk with his wisdom, not ours. Again, the goal for us as followers of Jesus Christ, godly men and women, is to, whether we eat or drink, whatever it is that we do, we're to do it all for the glory of God. Our goal each day is for others, for people, not to be drawn to us and impressed by us, but for others, the people that God places around us, to be drawn to and impressed by Christ in us. And so we know we're to live godly lives. The second point is old age should make us more godly, not more grumpy. 
Old age should make us more godly, not more grumpy. Temptation visits us at every stage and age in life. Temptations often change as we age. What tempted us when we were younger may not tempt us in the same way today. The wisdom and maturity we gain from walking with the Lord over the years helps us to resist temptation today, helps us to say no to sin and temptation today. You see, old age allows us the time to see evidence of God's faithfulness, God's love, God's grace, God's power, God's truth in action, in us and in others. Therefore, old age increases, or at least it should increase, old age increases our desire to pour into, to disciple and to encourage the generations that come after us. We can say, God is a loving God. Let me tell you how I know. We can say, God is a powerful God. Let me tell you how I know. We can say, God is a God who answers prayer. Let me tell you how I know. Which encourages our testimonies, encourage those who are coming behind us, the generations that follow us. And therefore, old age, as we age, it should make us more godly not more grumpy. The third point that we're going to see here as we continue making our way through this passage is we're all older than someone. We are all older than someone. We're all in view here in this passage. That means God has something for each of us today. The specific context of chapter two is older men and women discipling, encouraging, leading, loving, and teaching younger men and younger women. Older meaning godly men and women in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and older who are mature in their faith in Jesus. And so we know how important this is. The general context of chapter 2 that we're studying is all followers of Jesus. The younger men and younger women include teenagers and children. The point is this, we're all older than someone. As we follow the godly examples of men and women older than us, we live as godly examples to those who are younger than us. This is God's plan for sound teaching to build up his church, but also to spread through the local church. You see, God wants each generation to bless, to disciple, to encourage, to pour into the generations that are following them. We need each other. There's a point here that Paul's making. Younger men need older men, and older men need younger men in the church. Younger women need older women, and older women need younger women in the church. That's how God's designed it. And so we understand the importance of living God's way, because as we age, we want to become more godly, because we're older than someone, and we have influence. And the more we grow in godliness, the more influence God gives us to impact the generations that follow us. And so we're all in view here in this passage. 
but you are to proclaim things that are consistent with sound teaching. And so Paul continued in verse 2. He said, older men are to be self-controlled, worthy of respect, sensible, sound in faith, love, and endurance. Right away, we know, as we move into chapter 2, verse 2, and as we look at verse 3 this morning, we know right away, God's plan for us, God's plan in and through us, does not end or stop as we age. We do not age out on this side of heaven of God's work. We see that Paul shared with Titus six characteristics that should be true of older, godly mature men in the faith. And we covered this passage last Sunday in our sermon together. And so if you weren't here last week, I encourage you to go online and you can listen to the sermon last week. The focus was specifically targeted to the older, godly, mature men in the faith. There was something for all of us, but it was honed in on the older godly men. This morning, as we continue in verse three, we're going to see that the target now shifts and the specific focus is on the older godly women who are mature in their faith. So let's look in verse three. In the same way, older women are to be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not slaves to excessive drinking. They are to teach what is good. In the same way, connects verse 3 to verse 2. It continues the conversation. In the same way means likewise. So what Paul is saying here is in the same way, older godly men disciple, encourage, love, lead, and teach the younger men in the church. Likewise, in the same way, so are the older godly women to disciple, encourage, love, lead, and teach the younger women in the church. Older means the godly women in their 50s, 60s, 70s, and older who are mature in their faith in Jesus. These are women who have walked with the Lord for years and years and years. These are women Paul's talking about to Titus that know God and that love God, that are humble before God. These are women that know and have seen God's answers to prayer. Women who have seen God's faithfulness in action. Women who have seen God's grace in action. Women who have seen God's love in action. Women who have seen God's power in action. Women who have seen God's word in action. Women who have seen God change lives for eternity. Women who are able to rejoice in times of trials and tests and challenges and difficulties and even in sufferings. Women who can give a powerful testimony to the grace and the goodness and the glory of God. These are the older women in the same way that Paul was talking about the older men in verse 2. He is now moving and he's talking about the older godly women These ladies who are seasoned saints, mature in their faith in Jesus and their love for Jesus. They know him and they walk with him. These are the ladies that Paul is talking to Titus about that are so important to be recognized, to be honored, to be challenged in the local churches in Crete, and they're still so vitally important for the church today, amen? So important. I give thanks to God 
for what he's doing in this church family, for how he has filled this church family with older, godly, seasoned men in the faith and oldly, older, godly, seasoned women in the faith. We're so blessed. So it's a joy to preach and teach through this passage. Understandably, as we make our way through this passage, there's going to be some things that we will definitely have to explain and work our way through. Because as always, God's truth is counter to the culture in which we live in. It goes against the grain. And so we will see this as we dive more into this incredible, delicious chapter two that Paul has provided for us by the power of the Holy Spirit. So let's look. Paul shared four characteristics, four characteristics that will be true of these godly, older, mature women in their faith in Jesus. So let's look at them. First, older women are to be reverent in behavior. Reverent means godly. It means holy. It means worthy of respect due to the character, integrity, and purity of their lives. So these older godly women are to be reverent. They're to be godly and holy examples. Reverent in behavior. He clarifies it. Reverent in behavior. Behavior means demeanor. It means deportment. It means lifestyle. Behavior is actually an all-encompassing word that deals with this older godly woman's walk with the Lord. Reverent in behavior means that these older godly women are godly and holy in the words they speak, in the works they do, in the clothes they wear, in the attitudes they display. Older women who are reverent in behavior live godly, holy lives in an ungodly, unholy world. They've learned how to walk with the Lord in the midst of challenges and difficulties. They are consistent in their words and in their works with the truth of God's word. They live their lives pleasing to God. They are wonderful examples for others to follow. These women who are reverent in behavior understand and know that all they do and all they say in every way in their lives is to bring honor and glory to Jesus Christ. They're not trying to draw attention to themselves. They're trying to draw attention to Christ in them. They're not trying to impress others just on their selves. They're trying to allow others to be impressed by Christ in and through them. These older godly women are reverent in their behavior. Second characteristic is that Paul says these older godly women are not to be slanderers. They're not slanderers. Now, this can also be translated, your translation may read, false accusers or malicious gossips. Slanderers, false accusers, or malicious gossips. Older godly women are not to be slanderers. Slanderers, in the original language, is from diabolos. It's a combination word, dia, which means against or between, and balo, which means to throw or cast. So it literally means to throw between or to throw against. Now here's an interesting note from the New Testament. Diabolos is used 34 times in the New Testament as the title for the devil. The devil Satan is the original diabolos, the original slanderer, the original false accuser, the original malicious gossip. The devil is the father of lies. 
he throws his lies, accusations, doubts, and temptations against us and in between us to destroy us. Satan tries to discourage, divide, and destroy husbands and wives, parents and children, men and women, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. In the Diabolos, Satan himself knows that slander and gossip and false accusations discourages, divides, and destroys. Slander and gossip is the domain and work of Satan. Gossip means to talk about others behind their backs, usually from a negative perspective. Slander means to tear others down behind their back, always from a negative perspective. Slander and gossip are the work of Satan. It's interesting to note that Paul told Titus in chapter 1, the godly elders, pastors, and overseers are not to be bullies. Now in chapter 2, Paul tells Titus, the older godly women are not to be slanders, gossips. One Bible scholar said, men are more prone to abuse with violence Physically, women are more prone to abuse with violence verbally. Physical violence is sin, and it is wrong for men and women. Verbal violence is sin, and it is wrong for men and women. Physical violence, verbal violence, slander, and gossip is out of bounds for the follower of Jesus Christ. Completely and totally out of bounds for a follower of Jesus Christ. There is no explanation. There is no excuse in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ for physical violence, verbal violence, slander, and gossip. None at all. And even though we see here that Paul is talking to Titus about these older godly women, they're not to be slanderers. They're to be careful with their words. We know from the contents of God's word, hey man, you better be careful with your words too. Verbal violence is out of bounds for godly men. In every way, every day, out of bounds. What Paul here is sharing is these older godly women mature in their faith in Jesus are not slanderers, false accusers, or malicious gossips. They do not listen to slander and gossip, and they don't spread or speak slander and gossip. These older godly women who are mature in their faith in Jesus are truth tellers. They speak God's truth in love. They rebuke those who slander and gossip in love, and they try to restore those who slander and gossip in love. These older godly 
women who are mature in their faith in Jesus speak encouraging words, words of grace, words of life, words of power, words of inspiration, so that it may build up those who have needs as they're speaking to them, and so that it may give grace to those who hear and who listen to them speaking to others. These older godly women who are mature in their faith in Jesus know well that there is great power in words. These older godly women in the local church, these women who are mature in their faith in Jesus, know that one of the first lies we hear as we grow up is sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. We know that's not true. These older godly women know that words can hurt. Words can harm. But words can also help and heal. They understand that Solomon said a word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Pleasant words are a honeycomb, sweet to the taste and health to the body. The power of life and death is in the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. These older godly women that Paul's talking about, that are mature in their faith in Christ Jesus. They are reverent in their behavior. They're not slanderous. He said the third uh, qualification, the third characteristic is they are not excessive drinkers. Paul said not slaves to excessive drinking. Not slaves means not addicted to, not in bondage to, not controlled by alcohol or wine. The passive voice of slaves here indicates that the action is done to them. And so what Paul is saying here is these older godly, mature women in their faith in Jesus are not excessive drinkers. The excessive drinking of alcohol enslaves people. When people excessively drink alcohol, the context here is the older godly women, but it's true for all of us, when People excessively drink alcohol. It brings them into bondage to that alcohol. They become controlled by that alcohol, that substance. And so what Paul is saying is when a follower of Jesus Christ excessively drinks alcohol, they say things, they do things, they act ways that are contrary to God's word and that are damaging to their witness for Jesus. This must not be true for older godly women and older godly men. This must not be true for any of us as followers of Jesus Christ. As Paul told us in Ephesians 5.18, and don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless living, but be filled with the Spirit. God wants us to be filled with and led by His Spirit, not filled with and led by the spirits. Not filled with and led by alcohol. And abstinence is the surest way to protect against Excessive drinking. And so what Paul is sharing here is these older godly women who are mature in their faith in Jesus, these seasoned saints that are so important to the local church, to the body of Christ, to their own family, to their church family, they're level-headed. They're sober-minded. They're led by the Holy Spirit of God day after day so that they can live, so that they can love, so that they can speak, so that they can do things 
that are led by the Holy Spirit of God in them that helps point people to Jesus instead of causing them to drift away from Jesus. And then Paul shares the fourth characteristic that these older godly women are to teach what is good. Teach what is good. Teach means to instruct, to teach that which is good, excellent, beautiful, referring to the truth of God's word, referring to truth that is consistent with godliness and that leads to godliness. These older godly women are to teach the younger women in the church those things that are good, beautiful, and excellent. These older godly women are to talk and walk, to teach and live in a way that is consistent with the truth of God's word. They're to talk and teach. They're to live and to walk out the truth of God's word, the beautiful, the good, the excellent truth of God's word. And so we see the importance of these older godly women, <clears throat> these women who are mature in the faith in Jesus, is undeniable because they're included here in the canon of Scripture. And Paul hit the older godly men, and then he's moved on to the older godly women, and he's going to stay with the older godly women for the next couple of verses and flesh that out. And then he's going to return back to the older godly men. So we continue making our way through chapter two. Great truth for us today. Necessary truth for us today. Amazing blessing. As Paul is pouring into Titus and us today about the importance of sound teaching and how these older godly mature ladies in their faith in Jesus play a part in that sound teaching not only in own families, but in the local church. So a couple of questions. The first, why did Paul talk about and write about these faithful, older, godly women? I believe there's two answers, uh, very similar to what we saw last Sunday. Two answers. Number one, older women are a blessing to God's church. Understand and realize these characteristics that Paul shared for these godly older women are not automatic with age. These characteristics are developed over time as these older godly women walk with the Lord and grow in their faith in the Lord. These older godly women are faithful. They're humble. They know God. They love God. They walk in obedience to God and the truth of his word. They display their faith in God day by day. They love God's word and they love God's people. And they have not only the time, but they have the desire to pour into, to disciple and to encourage the younger generations that are following behind them. These godly older ladies who are mature in their faith in Jesus, they want to finish the Christian life well. They want to run with perseverance the race of the Christian life that God has marked out for them. They want to be able to say at the end of their lives, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. These beautiful godly older women who are mature in their faith in Jesus want to leave a legacy of faith for their families to enjoy, embrace, and follow, but also for the church family to enjoy, embrace, and follow. So they, they make the most of the time that God's given them, understanding that the days are evil. They understand what the Lord's will so that they can do the Lord's will, and they look for opportunities to make the most of the time that God gives them to pour in to those God places around them. They give themselves away and their faith 
away to those generations that are coming up behind them, their children, their grandchildren, their great-grandchildren, and their brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus in their local church family. These godly, mature, older women are a blessing to God's church. They're a blessing to us, every one of us. A second reason he wrote about these older godly ladies is older women are needed in God's church. These characteristics that Paul has shared once again for these godly older women are are important for all of us as followers of Jesus Christ. God wants all of us to be reverent in our behavior, to live godly, holy lives in an ungodly and unholy world. God wants all of us not to be slanderers, not to be false accusers, and not to be malicious gossips. God doesn't want any of that for any of us as his kids. God doesn't want any of us to be addicted to excessive drinking. God doesn't want any of us to be slaves and enslaved by alcohol. God wants all of us to be able to teach and to live, to show what we know, that which is good and excellent and beautiful in accordance with the truth of God's word. God wants all of us to be able to teach that which is consistent with godliness, teach that which leads to godliness. He wants this for all of us. Again, the specific context is for these mature, godly, older ladies pouring into the younger ladies in the church, but it's good for all of us. And so we know, therefore, God has placed these godly, older women in his local churches to give us an example, a model to follow and live by. As we hear this truth, he gives us examples in his local church of those who are living out the truth that we're talking about that helps us to follow their example. These godly, older, mature women in the faith in Jesus, they surrender themselves humbly to God day by day. They trust his power in them to help them live for him. They shine the light of Jesus and they point others to Jesus at home, at church, at work, and in the world. These godly older women are a joy and a blessing to be around. And we need in the church to appreciate them. We need to listen to them. And we need to follow after and imitate their example of godliness. So what is our application. What is our application? What does God want us to, to do today? How do we take away uh, this passage for us today? Number one is find these older women. Ask God to help you get to know some of these older women who are godly and mature in their faith in Jesus. Ask them to speak into you. Ask them to spend time with you. Ask them to share God's wisdom and truth with you, especially those who are younger ladies in the church. Ask them. Saddle up next to them. Ask them to pour into you. Ask them to go and grab a cup of coffee, a lunch, breakfast, dinner, whatever the case may be, share with them the struggles that you're going through. You're not alone. You're not alone in the family of God. Reach out to the Lord. And as you reach out to the Lord, he will direct you to these older godly men. He will direct you to these older godly women who've been there, who've done that, and who are more than ready and willing to share all that they've learned, the mistakes that they've made so that you won't make those same mistakes. Find these godly older women. Some of you may have been blessed by God to have a mother 
or maybe a grandmother who's just godly, mature. Older woman. And if you did have this, you know the value. But if you didn't have this example growing up, and even if you did, I've got good news for you. There's many more. There's many more in the family of God that are ready to pour into, to disciple and encourage you. And let me remind you that you are older as well than someone. So as you are looking to find these older, godly, mature ladies, understand that there are those We're looking for you. They're watching and they're listening to you. So we find these older women. And then the second application point is follow these older women. Follow their example because we know and understand they're following Christ. We can follow these godly, older, mature ladies in their faith because we know they're following Christ. They've proven that through the years. They're following Jesus so we can follow them. We can seek to walk as they walk and live as they live. We can follow after Christ in and through their lives. The truth of the matter is what Paul is talking about here in chapter 2, and we're going to continue moving in this and through this in the weeks to come, but what Paul is talking to Titus about and to us is really the beauty and the power of discipleship. That's what this is. This passage is talking about the beauty and power of discipleship. Brothers and sisters in Christ growing together as disciples for Christ and as witnesses for Christ. So there's great encouragement for all of us because we're growing together in God's family brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. I want to ask you to take just a moment right now, and I want you to think to yourself of those that God has placed in your life that are older than you are, who have discipled, encouraged, loved, and led, and taught you the truth of God's word, those who have discipled you, those who have poured God's truth into you. I want you to think about those. And for some of you, that's going to start bringing up two and three and 10 and 15. And if you're blessed, 20 different names, images of ladies or men who have filled this role who proclaim things that are consistent with sound teaching. Older godly men 
who have lived out these characteristics, older godly women who have lived out these characteristics. And as you're thinking of these, I want you to immediately begin giving thanks to God for them. Give thanks to God. Call them by name, right there where you're seated, in your own heart and mind. Begin thanking God for them. They're a blessing to you. Thank God. Ask God to bless them wherever they may be. And then in just a moment, we're going to stand, and I want to encourage you, if there happens to be some of those that you're thanking God for right now here in this room, then I'm going to encourage you to go to them and to thank them in person. Our prayer partners will be standing here at the front. They'd love to pray with you, pray for you. We don't want anyone carrying a concern, care a request into this room and, and leaving by carrying it out without having someone to pray with you. And that's why these folks are here, to pray with you, to pray for you, to pray over you. They would also love to introduce you to Jesus. If you have yet to receive God's gift of salvation by surrendering your life to God, we've talked about humbly surrendering ourselves to God quite a bit this morning. If you've yet to surrender your life to the Lord, but you're ready to say, yes, I want the Savior Jesus, to be my Lord, my Savior. I want a relationship with God, and I know that means I need to receive his gift of salvation to me, my place in my faith in Jesus. We would love to introduce you to Jesus. These folks, our prayer partners, would, would count it a great joy to introduce you to Jesus this morning. The altar is open as it always is for you to come and kneel and do business. Maybe you want to bring your mother and pray over her. Pray a blessing. What a great day. What a great way to show your care and love than to pray a blessing over her. Maybe you want to bring the, your wife, the mother of your children, and pray a blessing over them. But as you were thinking through those who have discipled and encouraged you, if they're here today, I want to encourage you. Get out from your row where you're standing here in just a moment and make your way to them and just say thank you. Say thank you. Give them a hug. Shake their hand. Say thank you for pouring into me. What a great way to continue encouraging one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. This is our response time. God's spoken to us through his word. Now we respond to God in obedience, showing our faith by our willingness to obey God as he leads, we follow him. Let's stand and let's worship together.